Welcome to the Lesbian Podcast. I'm Mickey, and this is Jay Church, and this is Charlie. Well, it's been a very busy end of summer for us here in San Francisco. First, we had the Folsom Street Fair, Love Fest, a huge electronic music festival, which I think you went to, right, Jay Church? In full cow attire. Oh, that's right. You guys dressed as cows. We even had our udders pierced. <laughs> what can I say? Well, that's San a commitment. Go style. San Francisco. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, if you're gonna go, you gotta go all out. Yeah. Did you get a lot of moo jokes? Uh, you know that my favorite part of it was telling people to move out of the way, which sounds cheesy, but when you're with a herd of cows, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Right, because cows do that a lot. They tell people to move. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk cows do. <laughs> and then after Love Fest, we had the Castro Street Fair, which we all know was a drunken blast. Right, fun. If you saw the video we posted on YouTube, you would have seen that. It was uh, really fun, and we interviewed people about Sarah Palin, which was hilarious. It was fun. We even interviewed a dog. Yes. Good job, Charlie. That was my favorite part of the interview, by the way. The really? bitch would be for Palin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought the favorite, my favorite part was um, the Bible up the cut. Oh, there was a bit of controversy about that, though. There was, on YouTube. I actually had a debate back and forth with this dude, or I don't know, maybe it was a woman. I think it was a dude about whether or not we as feminists, he just assumed we were feminists should use the word cunt. I think it's probably a safe assumption being female. Don't you have to be a feminist? Right, so use the word cunt. You should, yeah. But it was a gay man who said it. Oh, no, no, no. I just meant that it was probably a safe assumption that we were feminists. But I see no problem using the word cunt for someone like Sarah Palin. Right, that's that's why I said to him, have you seen the video? Do you know who we're talking about? Yeah, like... She's not a feminist. Yeah, she's the biggest non-feminist in the spotlight hey, right now. for that listener, she is a cunt. Right. <laughs> and let's talk about her p- cunt. At least, you know, what's up in, up in it, like a Bible. <laughs> you know? That was hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. And and I'm just going to use the word cunt in regular speech now, I think, right. just for fun. We should try to work in it as much as we can. Yeah, in honor of that person. And Palin. Or if you're around small children, just say, see you next Tuesday. As an acronym. <laughs> oh my god, really? Yeah. That's, that's See you next Tuesday. Yeah. That would totally confuse them and the small children, I think. <laughs> if you said that. It's apropos around little children. Or I guess if you're alone, you could try to shove a Bible up there. You, you could do that. <laughs> hey, one of those pocket Bibles. Mm, Maybe just Revelation. I don't know. No? Maybe just Revelation. You're retarded. <laughs> the single books. <laughs> yeah, or just Matthew, Mark. No. The Old what Testament? Is, you have something against the Old Testament? <laughs> no, I mean, the Old Testament's fine. It's just bigger. I oh, guess for true. some people. Are those even part of the Old Testament? It's been a while since I've been in Catholic Actually, school. Actually, that's the New Testament. Oh, Mark, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, I had to memorize those, like, every book when I was a kid. Mm. A lot of good yeah. it did. Yeah. <laughs> now you're <laughs> no, here today on the Lesbian Podcast. <laughs> debating whether or not you could shove it up your cunt. <laughs> Yeah, wow, I've grown up, so I mean, my mom would be so You're proud. Such a big girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a good Christian girl, all grown up. <laughs> we have a fantastic show for you today. We're gonna have Melissa Benyelis in the studio. She's gonna read some of her poetry for us, and believe me, you do not want to miss this interview. She is an, a phenomenal uh, spoken word artist, and she's from Sister Spit, um, as well as other projects that she's part of right now. We're really happy to have her. Yeah, she was actually the first Latina to win a poetry slam on the West Coast. And she also, in addition to poetry, does some film work I think she's going to talk about, too. Oh, Godspeed. and Godspeed, and she's actually working on her own projects. She's won some awards, gotten some grant money, so something you people should know. Yeah, you should stay tuned. And we're offering free t-shirts. 
uh, from actually a good friend of mine. His name is James Dawson. He runs a company with his girlfriend. Um, it's called 5733. They have a lot of cool t-shirts. They're based out of Oakland. Um, he's a photographer, so a lot of the images are from past photos that he's taken or um, celebrities. And actually, I did recently a Just Married t-shirt supporting um, when the gay marriage ban was lifted. So you guys should check it out. It's on MySpace for the Lesbian Podcast. And um, we have free t-shirts to give away. So if you guys listen on the show, you can find out how you can win the free t-shirt. Yeah, and Charlie will shed some light on some rainbow rumors. But first, let's get to homo headlines. By now, we've all heard about Proposition 8, the initiative measure on the 2008 California general election ballot that, if allowed to pass, will take away the rights of same-sex couples to marry in the state of California and will also amend the California Constitution to state that only marriage between a man and a woman will be valid and recognized in California. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen those ads that are running on television or on the web, but I feel like it's something we should talk about. Um, it's actually frightening. The Yes on 8 ads are really frightening. Have you seen any? Yeah, they've been all over. I've seen the one where the little girl brings a book in and says something like, Mommy, now I know I can get married to a princess. And yeah. the girl's like seven, maybe in second grade. And I remember looking at it and thinking, God, I don't remember hearing about heterosexual marriage in second grade. Exactly. That's just not a subject that they teach. Right. I don't ever remember family law in second grade, at least. Yeah, it's crazy. You have this little girl running up and she says, Mommy, Mommy, look, at I can get married to a princess. And the book is actually, she gives her do- her mother a book and it says, you know, Prince and the Prince. Um. So they made this fake book. And then mm. a narrator comes in and says, if Proposition 8 doesn't pass, children will be taught same-sex marriage in school. And then another ad takes a group of young adults and has them talking at a camera as if they're just hanging out telling us about their bigoted views. And we're talking about that these people are pretending to be the face of yes on Proposition 8. You know, young, black, Asian, white, men and women. And they're being filmed in locations around San Francisco. And the real face behind Proposition 8 is actually out of state donations from the Mormon Church. Yeah, the Mormon Church has been big proponents of it. They've actually got a letter writing campaign going on right now. Which I just find funny that they're so concerned about gay marriage in California when... I mean, what, like, 100 years ago, they were marrying eight wives or something like that? Yeah, they were polygamous. And yeah. they've got some sect where Warren Jeffs just went to prison for abusing children. I mean, why don't they take this money and use it to fight child abuse? Yeah, exactly. Like, worry about <laughs> yourselves before you worry about us. Well, that's what's crazy. I mean, they don't do any good things with this money. They just want to, pr- you know, protect what they think is the true way that you should be married with a man and a woman. Or eight women, you know, whatever right. works. <laughs> exactly. Well, I did a little research, and it turns out that there's these consequences that they've, they call them consequences, that the Mormon church has come out with, that, um, and also focus on the family, the people behind Yes on Eight, uh, also behind Yes on Eight, say will happen if you don't vote for Prop 8, and they're complete fabrication. Um, the first is, unless Proposition 8 passes, children in public schools will be taught that marriage is between any two adults, regardless of gender. There will be serious clashes between the secular school system and the right of parents to teach their children their own values and beliefs. And this is totally false, and this is what we were just talking about. Uh, the California Education Code provides pupils with will receive instruction to aid them in making decisions in matters of personal family and community health. The focus is on health. That's it. Things that they are taught are, you know, drug misuse, nutrition, exercise, diseases, and disorders. And instructions are age-appropriate and medically accurate. 
No provision of the education code requires any teacher to teach same-sex marriage. So Proposition 8 will not change this law. It makes sense. I mean, why would you want to teach a second grader about same-sex marriage right. anyway? Yeah, it makes no sense, and it's a complete lie. Like, these ads that they're using are just, you know, ways to prey on the fear of people, what people are really afraid of, you know? Yeah, I was surprised to hear, though, that we're actually losing in polls on this. Yeah, we're, they're, they're up 47% and we're 42%. It's amazing to me. It's frightening. It's amazing to me that San Fran- people in San Francisco would be that close-minded. It's surprising. Well, there's a lot of out-of-state you know, people in Texas and other states that are actually calling undecided voters and trying to convince them to vote yes. So, I mean, it's none of their business. They live in Texas. Why does it even pertain to them? So, you know, I think as a community, we, we should, you know, try to get the word out like we're doing right now and, you know, educate people. Really, we shouldn't be that surprised after what happened at Knockout. This weekend, oh, the booty my basement. God. Oh, yeah, you guys were telling me about Mickey, that. Mickey, did I tell you? Yeah, you did a little bit. What, what happened? I didn't tell you the full story. It was actually very upsetting. So there's this party called Booty Basement. It's not queer. It's just a regular dance party. The music, I thought, was pretty good. Yeah, club was nice. Um, It's at The Knockout, which I think is a bar right across the street from El Rio. And... Um, so I'm standing at the bar, I'm talking to my friend who looks straight, by the way, like she has long blonde hair, um, totally femme, totally passes. We've been standing there for about 15 minutes and um, trying to get the bartender's attention. He finally comes over and asks her what she wants to drink. And she tells him his order and she says, oh, and whatever she wants, pointing to me. He doesn't even look at me, turns around, gives someone else his drink, and then comes back and asks her, what What was your drink order again? And she repeats it, points at me again, and says, whatever she wants. He looks at me, turns around, and basically just makes her order. Like, completely ignores me. You know, I mean, there were, like, there was probably, like, six lesbians at the end of the bar, and I don't know. None like, of us were getting served. At the point. At the time, I thought, you know, this is discrimination, which I've never, ever experienced in San Francisco, ever. And so I asked a couple people, like, do you think I was overreacting? No, like, I think it was outright discrimination. And I was, I was so pissed off. And when I saw it the first time, I was like, okay, it's really busy. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe he didn't hear. But when he came back the second time and dead on looked at us and turned around and walked away, I was like, I'm done. I'm never coming here again. So I, I was like, I'm making sure that I'm talking about it on the podcast. I'm going to write a letter to the owner of the bar. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure they don't get business because, because of that one bartender, like, I don't know. I just, I've never, ever experienced that kind of discrimination. I was so pissed off. Yeah, that's right. And there shouldn't be a place like that in San Francisco. Like take it somewhere else. Yeah, that's what's amazing about one of these ads, too, is it shows people in places in San Francisco, like beautiful parks and things. There's one where there's a girl, and she has her arms around her knees, and she's saying, you know, that if the Proposition 8 doesn't, you know, is allowed to go through, or not allowed to go through, then um, churches will be required to have gay marriages there, which is a complete lie, because that is, you know, not true at all. 
And what's amazing is I'm looking at this, and it's a park that I used to go to with a girlfriend I had, and we would walk the dog like early in the morning, and there's a lot of gay people there. And it's just like, I, I can't believe, I mean, this is my city, and I think of it as so open, but we still have some really close-minded yeah. people in the city. I was shocked. Yeah. You know, I've never, ever been discriminated against, and it's just like, I would understand if I was in Utah or like Alaska, but we're... <laughs> I'm in San Francisco. It's like, a major it was city. the last thing yeah. that I thought would happen, you know, so kind of disappointing. Yeah, that would be really disappointing. And yeah. it hurts, you know, it's painful. I think that people don't realize how painful it is, you know, for gay people. Yeah. I think that's a big issue. Hmm. So it's imperative that you, our listeners, tell everyone you know what we've just talked about to vote no on eight, reach out to your friends and family, and tell them why you oppose it. Oh, you should also mention, you can make donations in Sarah Palin's name. Right. And Weren't McCain, you telling me that? John McCain to um, Planned, Planned Parenthood. Parenthood for $5. Yeah. So even yeah. if you don't particularly care about Prop 8, but you just don't care for Palin or McCain, and you you know want some shits and giggles in your life, make a donation in their name, because they'd love you for it. Yeah, we, we need to make a positive moral case, too, with this Prop 8 thing. We need to show them that our lives are good, that our relationships are healthy, and that marriage is good for gays, and what's good for gays is good for society. So get out there and vote. No on 8. That's really important. And now we have uh, Rainbow Rumors. Rainbow Rumors! So, first topic. Have you guys heard about... Um, you remember Tiffany Amber Thiessen? Is that Saved by the Bell? She was on 90210, wasn't she? The hot one on... Well, originally, she was on Saved by the yeah. Bell. She was Slater's. So hot. Of interest. And then she went on to star in 90210. Um, but she's on a new show on Fox. It's called Fastlane. And there was good. a couple... It's like a racing show. <laughs> Fastlane. <laughs> well, you know, um, there's a couple videos on YouTube where... There's like a kissing scene and there's like a laundry scene, but um, she's kissing. She's sorry. She's kissing Jamie Presley, another actress. And I don't know. I saw it. What did you guys think? Oh my god, I saw that video, and I have to say, it's like softcore porn, like porn it's for a straight men. It's a little cheesy. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, I just want to know: is it like a prereq to have a lingerie lesbian scene if you're gonna do like lesbian for the masses? Well, we're talking about mainstream America. Right? That's what I mean. Yeah. Like all lesbians just run around in their lingerie and make out in hot tubs all day. Wouldn't that be great that'd if be we my did? Full-time job? <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and they all look like Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Actually, I don't think she's and hot. Jamie Preston. I know that sounds like such hot. a bad world to me. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in hot tubs making out, talking about why we like each other or don't like each other. Yeah, I could skip the cheesy dialogue though. It was. Pretty I just bad. turned the sound on and just watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> you my, would. My lower part of my body got very warm. <laughs> it was almost like I was in a hot tub. <laughs> I know it's so bad, but it's it's representation of some sort, I guess. It's bad representation, it's I know. It's very bad representation. I, know. I was waiting for, like, the plumber to knock on the door or something. Oh, God. Someone got a leak. I can just hear the cheesy porn music come on. But, yeah. So, I mean, like you were saying, Mickey, it's it's poor representation, but at least it's some kind of representation. Um, I'm not sure when it's supposed to air. Uh, probably fall. Um, but... What I'm really excited about, remember Alicia Haley? Yeah. How can you forget Alice Alice? on the L Word. So, as everyone knows, as devout L Word listeners, or watchers. As all good lesbians. (laughs) um, They are having their last season this year. So, 
um, the producers are actually going to have a spinoff off that show. And they picked Leisha Haley as um, the star of the new spinoff. There hasn't been any other details that have come out about it, but I'm really excited because she's actually my favorite um, character on that show. Because she does a podcast. Because she's she's funny and she's, funny. she's, she's charming. She's on the radio. She had a TV show on the last season. I think. She was on the View, the or whatever they the called lo- it, the Look. The, the Look. look. <laughs> they just had the worst names on that show. I yeah, yeah. I love how they so obviously make it like something else. Right. <laughs> they don't even try. I know. So do you think? Okay, if it's a spinoff, that means that someone has to move away or die or like something's gonna happen and she's gonna Ooh. relocate to like. Ohio, San Francisco. No, oh, I'd love it if it was in San Francisco. It's not gonna be. <laughs> but you I mean she's gonna? There's gonna have to be something that happens, and she's gonna have to move away from all those other people, right? Well, they said they're gonna take a storyline from the sixth season of L Word and you know develop oh, yeah. into. Oh, I bet. Right. What? What's her girlfriend? Tasha? Tanya? Tasha? Tasha? I bet. Hot. Yeah, she's hot. totally hot. But she's in the military, so I bet she gets moved to a new base and Leisha goes with her. Well, she cheated on her oh, in the last season, that's right, that's so we don't right. know what's gonna happen. Okay, I take it all back. Yeah. And uh, another lesbian storyline for all you lesbian daytime soap opera watchers. <laughs> Ew. There's like zero. <laughs> Not a fan. But if you if you love all my children, and who doesn't I love all her who children? <laughs> Bianca, who is Erica's daughter, is a lesbian, and she's rumored to be proposed to by her girlfriend on an upcoming wow. show. So that's kind of big. And millions of lesbians just tuned in. Right? <laughs> They're like, what? For the first time ever. Tivo. <laughs> um. So that's big news. And then the last piece I have for you guys. Of course, we love to talk about Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. So Lindsay and Samantha Ronson, uh, they were voted as one of the hottest celebrity couples on E! Online Latino. And they actually didn't win, but they alternated first place with Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. I'm kind of surprised by that. Were they only looking at Lindsay when they voted? Because Sam Ronson's not that cute. She can be cute, actually. She's cuter now. She's cuter, she got, she's cuter with the new haircut. Yeah, she got some sleep. Without, she, got some sleep. she got off the drugs. Without the peroxide She hair. doesn't look like she's The Walking Dead. Now. I yes. mean, I can see potential there, but I'm not sure that it'd be like the cutest couple. I think people like they're it because it's couple. like, oh, they're yeah, lesbians. <laughs> it's a new... It was Ellen or <laughs> Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I guess the competition was slim. Melissa Etheridge, Lindsay Lohan. Ah, oh, Jesus. Hmm. Lindsay Lohan. Melissa's got the new haircut, so. <laughs> Lindsay. And, and don't we want to talk about Katy Perry? We should bring it up. Because oh. this is our running joke that we talk about Katy Perry. And she keeps fucking shit up. She does. She dived onto a cake. What award show was that? That was the Latino uh, MTV Awards. And who does that? Do you think she was practicing her muff dive? Yeah. <laughs> if she no, was, that was because she grew up in a Christian home. She thought that was muff diving, diving into a cake. But a real lesbian would have been able to get back on her feet. Yeah, she could not Bounce get back up. on her feet. She kept falling over. She slipped. She had to crawl <laughs> off the stage. Times. It was so awesome. It was hilarious. You go on YouTube and watch it. It's It'll make you happy. It'll just make you happy. Because <laughs> it's at the end of the song, you know, I kissed a girl. I she think it was supposed to look cake. really, really like rock and roll. 
but Diving it looked even kick. more rock and roll when you couldn't get up because <laughs> it was just rolling. <laughs> but did you see that kick? It was like hard when she landed on it. <laughs> I felt kind of sorry for her because it was like, mm. it wasn't like splat, you know, it was like, <laughs> she kind of bounced. <laughs> she kind of bounced a little. She was raised up. And I thought, oh, that must have hurt her face. <laughs> Is it bad that I get a lot of pleasure at watching her like <laughs> fall and bounce off of that? Oh, we all get pleasure. <laughs> really. <laughs> I kissed oh. a cake. <laughs> I hated it. I couldn't get up. Oh, that was awesome. Go watch it on YouTube. You'd be so happy. It'd be great. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to get into the interview. So we have a special guest on today. She's actually a friend of mine, Melissa Benyalis. She is a fabulous spoken word artist, and she's actually going to start off the show with a piece for us. Hi. Thanks Hi. for having me. Thanks for coming yeah, to the show. I'm loving the show. Yeah? Yeah. You like that? Yes. What is this piece called? It's called Faith. Awesome. Great. And my first threesome was at the Ramada, Utica, New York. And in 24 hours, I'd managed to get into an argument, make $200, book a room I couldn't afford, be one of the only butch dykes in town, make a date with her, and end up in bed with her and her stripper ex-girlfriend. And I remember the fight, yelling, door slamming, walking out of a dirty house onto a dirty street where the heat melted into me and stayed. And the room, it overlooked a parking lot and the towels were soft and the bed was softer. But the 200 bucks, I still can't remember how the fuck that happened. And the butch, her name was Jill and she owned a trailer and a dog named Jack just outside of town. And when she told me her name, I was hooked. I love one-syllable butches. Dex, Lil, Andy. Well, she was my two-syllable exception. And I met Jill at the only gay bar in Utica, and in 10 minutes she dropped a drink in my hand, and in 30, another up my skirt. And we got back to my hotel room, and having her on top of me in that soft bed made me believe there was a god, or at least karma, and that after a long summer of sleeping in parks and eating free bagels from the public library, everything was finally coming together. And I feel kind of bad, she said. I wasn't planning on meeting anyone, and I don't have my strap on. And you have hands, don't you use your hands, I said. And right when she was about to go inside me, she stopped. And I have something to tell you. And damn, I thought. And it's not bad, she began. It's just my ex-girlfriend. She's a dancer in the strip club across the street. Would you like me to invite her over? She's really pretty. And I have a picture. And she was pretty. And she was across the street. Okay. And the call was made and she came over and the three of us became a jigsaw puzzle in the smoky room and I thought to myself, I do believe in miracles. Thank you, oh Lord. And when I had my face in the stripper's delicate shaved pussy, I could feel her pulse against my lower lip and her moaning, oh God, oh Jesus fucking Christ. And for a second, I felt bad for Buddha. For Moses, for Lutzal, for Muhammad, for all the Hindu deities, especially Yoni, because no one ever calls out for them. And oh, God. And she comes in my mouth, and it's always God at the end, or Jesus Christ, or holy shit, or fuck, but never the gods who've had more experience. Thank you, she says, as I come up for air with Jill to my right, still touching herself, and Jesus Christ, thank you. And there he was again, taking credit for my mouth. My tongue, my face buried between two white legs for 45 minutes. And if I'd been created in his image, then I guess it was Jesus, I thought. Jesus must have fucked her. But then again, that's only if you believe in that sort of thing. Oh my God, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was great. I love it. Oh my God. I, think, I love it. I think I actually remember oh, that Jesus. from um, Sister Spit in Indianapolis. Yeah. I think I remember hearing that. Yes. Yes, I did read that. One that's of my a favorites. good piece. Thanks. Yeah. So we wanted to start maybe with um, a little of your background. Sure. Um, where are you from? What's your, what's your story? I grew up in Los Angeles. Okay. I came to this country when I was four. and grew up in a really big Mexican family <laughs> in Los Angeles. And then I came to San Francisco when I was 18. And I've been here 12 years. What made you want to come to San Francisco? I just 
thought that I could be a real writer if I came to San Francisco. <laughs> I just idealized this place. I just thought it was it was so, you know, I had um, in high school started reading a lot of beat poets and had heard about San Francisco and had heard about just the writing communities and it just sounded so magical to me. And I just thought, I'm getting out of this town. <laughs> getting out of LA. And I came up here and I've been here ever since. Sounds like the plan worked. It did. It yeah. did. <laughs> Against many odds. <laughs> and were you, did you know you were gay or were you gay then? Or? Um, I, yeah, definitely. You know, I came out three different times to my mother. It took a while for her to get it. Wow. So, yeah, message, not it's not transmitting. So, yeah, I, I came out when I was 14, then 16, then 18. <laughs> Did you do the So it was like a little two-year Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. It's a two-year reminder. Yeah. It's like an alarm yeah. clock. But my, my favorite, right, exactly. <laughs> In case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but my two favorite stories, one of them is when I came out to my dad when I was 16. And um, I was terrified because I thought I thought he would be the one that would be really difficult to come out to because my father's Mexican, Catholic, and I thought this is going to be really intense. And so I remember I was in art school. Art school makes you a queer. Okay, <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you fucking say. All right, art school is like yeah. If if you're like a hot young thing and you go to art school, you you're guaranteed to dabble in many things that aren't artistic. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we, they came to visit me <laughs> surprisingly and they took me to this little motel and I remember my dad and I were sitting on the pool and we had our little feet in the pool and I was like well now's a good time to break the ice <laughs> and I said dad I, I really I was like papi I really have something to tell you and he got really serious and he's like okay and I was like well I think I'm at the time, I said bisexual because I didn't, because I, and now I say queer. I'm queer. But at the time, I said bisexual because I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, I was young. I was a kid, you know? So I said, well, I, I like girls. Like, I like girls more than friends. And, and I'm attracted to them, like, you know, the way you like women. And he looked at me and he said, really? That's what you wanted to tell me? And I, <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he goes, Oh, mija, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me you were pregnant. Oh, I am so old. You are a gay. That is fine. There's no problem. It's no problem. You are a gay. Every oh, dad's oh, thank worst Thank you, God. Nightmare. Thank you, God. It was like totally like... <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> so I don't have to go to the door with a shotgun anymore. No, but he was like, I thought you were going to tell me you was pregnant. I was so scared. <laughs> so that was a funny story. And then the other one was, it's not really a queer story, but I guess like being in San Francisco, I just, and, I, and being a punk, I started doing a lot of just like piercing my body and doing all this stuff. And I remember when I was 19, I pierced both of my nipples at the same time. And if, if you've ever pierced your nipples, you know that uh, if, you've, if you've got a rack, you can't wear a bra, okay? Yeah. Because, you know, it'll mess with the piercings. You just have to wear a shirt. So kind of hot and, and your nipples are like hard all the time. So it's basically <laughs> like, you know, that scene in Showgirls, you know, where this, you gotta keep the nipples hard. It's, it's like that. That's a way. And so I went down south. I don't remember what happened, but my mom, my mom and I got into some argument and like... It was not about that. It was just she was mad at me because I didn't I was spending enough time with her. And she's fighting with me. And out of nowhere, she says to me, 
And by the way, Melissa, I know what you did to your nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, don't think I haven't noticed. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. But... Why are you looking at my nipples, mom? I know. <laughs> I don't think you don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, it was just, you know, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> that is funny. So how did you have to come out three times? Well, how does that I work? Mean, well, I was 14. Yeah. And so is it like a checkup? Like, are you still gay? You're 16 now. Well, I think when you come out that young, and you kind of understand, it was the late 80s, early 90s. And I, mm-hmm. we lived on the border of West LA and South Central. Like, we lived in the hood. I mean, this was like neighborhood. And within communities of color, especially Mexican communities, like everybody knows everybody, image is everything, everybody's always in your business. (laughs) And I mean, that's what makes it a beautiful community. But at the same time, like being gay is still very shameful. And, and, you know, it's not something that I think a lot of mothers envision when they have a little girl. (laughs) They have a little girl and they want her to grow up and have babies and marry a guy and live in a nice house. And it really is like this heterosexist ideal that, you know, they're subscribing to because that's what their mother wanted for them and on and on and on and on and on. So I think like when I told her, she was just like, you know, you're 14, you don't fucking know anything. And then I was 16 and I started dating the daughter of a really well-known actress who I'd met in, in um, art school. Name drop? Name drop? Um, it was Marriott Hartley, and she was in the Rockford Files, and she oh. does a lot of Broadway plays. She was also in Encino Man. She was the mom <laughs> in Encino Man, and she like she's she's um, she's been on Law & Order. She's pretty well known. People from that generation remember nice. Marriott Hartley. And her daughter, Justine, was my girlfriend and when I was 16. And um, my mom was really excited that we were friends she didn't know we were girlfriends because my mother knew who her mother was from the television show. And then Justine broke up with me and it was, oh God, I think it was like the first time I really felt my heart breaking. Aww. You ever had that happen yes. where you're just like, you're so young and you're so in love mm. and this happens. It's like, you're like, oh, that's what it feels like. And <laughs> I cried and cried. I went to school and cried and cried. and they were like what happened to you like what's wrong with you and it was just like totally devastating (laughs) and um and then my my mom kind of knew but didn't know but when I was 18 I had my really first real true love which was my girlfriend Nishanda and um and I was out I was like I'm 18 and bye I don't live under your I'm 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 not living no more you know and I was kind of like living there not living there, but, you know, spending a lot of time there over the summer before I went away to college. And Nishanda and I were spending a lot of time together. And and Nishanda's a very, very strapping, you know, black butch dyke. So it was, like, way coming out. It wasn't, you know. No hiding that. No. Yeah. <laughs> no quote-unquote no friend. No that. No. No. So, yeah. Nice. So what about today? What are your new projects you're working on? I think you have um you have a story called Coming Out Again, don't you? Or a movie that you're working on? Coming Out Again was a show that I did for the National Queer Arts Festival this year, which happened in June of 2008. And it was it was the recipient of a Creating Queer Community grant. Um, it already happened. But if you contact um, the center, thecenter.org, you can actually get footage from the show. But the show was... Um, uh, called Coming Out Again, and it was stories about people who've had to come out more than once <laughs> as something else. 
So uh, the show was with Prado Gomez, Sherilyn Connolly, Jaguar, Amy Madison, myself, and Julia Serrano, and um, all amazing writers. And it was amazing how they came out. Prado came out as a pot smoker, which was really, <laughs> he told this amazing story. First of all, he's, he's um, a very open um, transgender man, FTM. He um, was in the first transgender gospel choir. He's been filmed a lot. He's married. He, they've raised a lot of children together. They raised like almost four kids together. And they talked about this story about going to the border and, you know, getting actually stopped at the border. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And this whole intense story. Wow. He had to actually get strip searched. Oh, and, my God. But it, it, it's like this part where you're so afraid and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what are they going to do to this trans guy? What are they going to do? And it turned out to be like nothing. And they actually let them go. And But it was this whole thing of like, you know, he's like, I'm such an activist and I'm such this and I raise kids and I'm coming out of this pot <laughs> Who got pulled over at the border? Wow. <laughs> like, and then um, Sherilyn came out as a memoirist, which I thought was awesome. And talking about like the power of, of memoir and actually telling the truth. And do you have the right to tell the truth about somebody that you know, it, it happened to you, but it also happened to somebody else. Right, right. So you're kind of, again, outing somebody Other else people. Sure, against sure. their will. And it's not cool. always about being gay, just different things. Um, and uh, yeah, the stories were really amazing. It was an amazing, amazing show. Um, so, so that's what I did recently. And then um, Jaguar and I did a film, and it's called Getting Off. And it's a campy... Uh, John Waters-esque short film about a genderqueer boy who searches for her missing orgasm through the <laughs> beds and streets of San Francisco. Is this the mm. one that involves um, some cocksucking in front of a church? No, that Ooh, was... No, there, but there was a cocksucking scene, but no, it wasn't no, no. me. That's actually the photography that book. That was the that photography book, which is by... In. Yeah, yeah, that was the photography book. Mm. But there was a cocksucking scene that I had to direct with Jaguar. <laughs> Jay, Jay goes, I want to do like a genderqueer boy fag scene and I want this drag king and let's go to this alley. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, we go to the alley and it's like the middle of the day and we're trying <laughs> no. to get dusk. So, and I'm directing this scene and this is the first film that I've actually directed. How does so that work? I, How do you direct a cocksucking scene? Well, there was like this more, sequence more. where, yeah. get you, it, know, get it. The, you know, Jay's character is Jack off an alley. And Jack. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's great. I love so it. Jack, Mr. Offinale, is, you know, walking down the street and cruising. It's a cruising scene. And then picks out the drag king and decides I'm gonna suck your dick. So it but it's this whole thing of first of all, we had a wheelchair dolly. So we had <laughs> oh, our great. director of photography in wow. a wheelchair, like being pushed in a wheelchair the whole time we're trying to get Jeanette. Then we get to the cocksucking. We've got like all these people like manning the alley or womaning the alley to make sure nobody comes in. Right. I'm like, we are losing daylight. We're not getting the shots. Yeah. We don't have a it's lot of time. Believable. You'd be amazing how long it takes to suck a dick. I'm sure it does. It takes a long time, people. Suck Do it right. Do not underestimate that <laughs> at all. Finally, so this guy, this like dude on a bicycle rolls up and we're like... <laughs> And Tori with the PAs goes, dude on a bike, dude on a bike is coming, dude on a bike is coming. So we kind of stop, but then we're like, I'm like, fuck it, we, we don't have time for this shit, we gotta go. So <laughs> Jeanette walks, the guy gets off the bike, and he goes, oh, I think he's pissing at a tree. So we're like, okay, whatever. And then Tori goes, 
Oh, he's not pissing. Oh. Oh. He was not. So San Francisco. That's so gross. Oh. Wholesome street fair. Yeah. Back. Flashbacks. So oh then, my God. So then, so then I'm like, I get so like guerrilla militant queer femme. I'm like, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. I'm like going nuts. Finally, Tori goes, I'll take care of it. You just direct. He walks over there and Tori is this like wonderful, wonderful man. Goes over and he's like this big rockabilly dude and he's a huge pompadour and his big boots and he walks over and he goes, hey man, um, so you know we're trying to film a movie? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And the guy's like, well, you know, like they're nervous. It's like their first time doing it. You know, they've never done this before. And he goes, oh, oh okay, no problem. So he zips up and just goes over to the corner and just watch it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it was very thoughtful of him. I yeah. know. Tori's he's like, I just, I just said it was like, you know, you guys' first time, you were, you were, you were nervous. <laughs> like, and, and, but it was really, and then the best part was another guy came by and he's watching the scene and he's, he starts directing. He starts coming oh my in. God. Oh my and, but he was nice about it. He goes, maybe you should, and he was actually right because he was looking <laughs> at a different angle than me and he goes, maybe you should have her stand like this and then there were people coming by and he goes, you can't come by here. They're shooting a film. Wow. <laughs> Even Supporter. the perverts, yeah. Even the perverts are helpful. This is like welcome to San Francisco, <laughs> where everybody is your friend. <laughs> Everybody's your friend. Everybody wants to help you make porn. Everybody, you know, it's not a porno, but there was a cocksucking scene. But the the other cocksucking scene was in. Um, okay, so Del, do you guys know Del Lagrasse? No. Del Lagrasse is an amazing photographer. Del Lagrasse is one of the first drag kings. And um, made the Drag King book, which features a lot of very well-known drag personalities um, in San Francisco and beyond, all over the world, all over the world. And so they wanted to do a companion book that was like a femme book. So Eureka Dahl, who's a writer from Amsterdam, teamed up with him and they did the femme book. And the book is called Femmes of Power and um, it came out in October it features a lot of femmes. Michelle T, Vixen Noir, the Femme Mafia, and it's femmes all over the world. And then it features Celestina and I, Celestina Pearl and I, who do a duo called Las Damas, which is basically an anti-burlesque duo. <laughs> we wanted to do something that was more performance art and punk, so we decided we're not going to do burlesque. We're just going to... We're going to strip and get on stage and like spit tequila and fake blood at people and throw tortillas. Oh and we're going to do throw a lot of like tortillas. Mexican. Yeah, we're going to do a lot okay. of Mexican stereotypes. And and so we're it's like insane, our shows. But but they're fun. And so Del says, fun. Del says, I have to photograph you for the fun book. But he says, but I don't. And, and if you've met Del, he's kind of like this debonair man who talks like this. It's <laughs> very debonair. And he says... But I don't want to do what everybody does. I'm not. This is what I don't do. I don't do <laughs> parks. I've got enough parks. I don't do nature. I have enough nature photographs. You guys have to come up with. You have to impress me. What, what do you guys want to do? And so Celestine and I look at each other. I go, well, there's this church on Dolores and 16th. <laughs> and he goes, I'm listening. <laughs> and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. Is he smoking okay. a long cigarette? He's not, but you can imagine him (laughs) doing so. He goes, I'm listening. And we're like, well, we were just thinking we could do what we do in in front of the church. We're thinking do what we do means doing a lot of catty, funny poses. No, no. Del's like, no, I want you guys to do what you did at the show, which is a live sex show. So we're like, okay. 
fine. <laughs> we're, we're thinking he's fast, he's good, he's a world-renowned photographer, he'll get the shots. Well, Celestina, if you can imagine her, she's this like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, tall, gorgeous, you know, Mexican femme. She makes this outfit that actually has a veil like the Virgin Mary, but underneath it's a dominatrix <gasps> outfit. Oh, nice. You didn't tell me that part. Yes. Nice. And so wow. she has this veil. So her persona is Nuestra Señora de las Putas instead Puta. of instead of La Virgen. She's the opposite of La Virgen. She's the whore. So she has the veil. <laughs> She's got this total dominatrix outfit on because she she was a sex worker. So she, it's actually the corset, the fish, it's a whole thing. And then she has a strap on and the cock is in the shape of a serpent. <gasps> oh my God. Lots of you biblical shit going on. Many details. You left lots all these of, details up. Lots of biblical shit going on. And then, okay, so the scene You're is... Going straight to hell. <laughs> so the scene is, the scene is that I'm this, you know, chola who gets out of juvie and force is forced to go to Catholic school to get reformed, but I'm very naughty, and so so naughty. So I'm looking at porn and and I'm getting hot. Of course, it's lousy porn, and then uh, I get the vision of La Virgen. Of course, I'm ashamed. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so busted. And instead, she whips out her dick, and I suck it. And we have this great scene, and then we spit tequila on each other, and we throw tortillas. <laughs> we give people communion I on love our the like we you like do. do oh. We like give people communion. We do this whole thing. <laughs> so Del goes, I, I want to do the blowjob scene in front of the church. So we're going, okay, we can, we can do this. We got this. We're was there alcohol involved in this? No. It was 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Stone sober. Totally. And we're like, we can do this. We're we're fuck this, we're punks, we can do this. Well, we get out there, and Celestina's like, totally like, got the dick hanging out. I get on my <laughs> knees, I've like got the cock in my mouth, and the whole time Del's like, mm, I'm just, I'm just not getting the shot, you guys. <laughs> and we're just like, I'm like, oh, what do you I'm getting the shot, you know, like dick in my mouth. And the whole time Celestina's standing there, and she's standing next to a statue of the Virgin Mary. Oh my God. <laughs> Quite an audience. And we're just like, so all of a sudden, we start to get really nervous. And Celestina's like, I just need to stop. I need to stop. And she's shaking. And I'm like, it's okay. We'll finish this. We'll finish this. She's like, no. Like, I'm I'm feeling like I'm freaking out. Like, this is not working. It was like, so then he's like, okay, we'll get the shot. We'll get the shot. Well, right as we're coming up, this group of school children being led by <laughs> a nun is heading down the street. And they haven't quite seen, they see that we're taking pictures, but they haven't quite seen what we're doing. And Serpent I swear and to God, I have done SMBDSM so long. I have never had such hardcore edge play in my whole life. <gasps> Kneeling on that ground, going, please take the picture, please take I'm like beg, we're like beg, we're almost crying. <laughs> Finally, he's like, snap, snap. He's like, it's beautiful. It's perfect. <laughs> but I was like on my knees, you guys, for like 30 minutes. Like, oh. and he's just like, I just can't, just can't. You you have to stay there in position. We're getting light. Ulrika, I need a mirror. Shine the mirror. I can't, you know, and we're just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my, my God. My jaw would hurt. Like, we're going straight to hell, like, uh, officially. <laughs> In a, a hand basket, place. yeah. Officially. If you guys are going to hell, I want to, too. That sounds like a party. You, it, it will be. It will be. <laughs> I'll bring the vodka. So that's the story. I'll the bring the serpent dick. The pictures came out well, but we didn't. The blowjob pictures didn't make it in the book. But Aww. all the but, but wait, build up. It, well, it was the editors. The editors, mm. you know, they're from mm -hmm. Amsterdam, and they were like, "You think serpent Amsterdam, dick wasn't enough for Amsterdam?" Amsterdam? And no, 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 they're not from Amsterdam. They're from England, and oh. they were like, this "Oh, is those really British, nice, but 
kind of a little too graphic. Like we couldn't sell this in a bookstore. We'd have to like wrap it up and put it in in an adult section because it's like clearly sex. So they were like, okay. So instead there's other pictures. There's a really great full page picture of me in the median in the middle of the street. And I just happened to bend over and look back at him. And it wasn't even a, a posed shot. And he snapped this picture. And it's basically like my legs are split. And you can see my ass. You could see like my chola pick so I can pick my hair. And like a <laughs> in nine, your thigh high? In thigh high. And then there's a truck coming down the street. But it looks like it's going through my legs. Oh. It's a really beautiful photograph. Bent over like a I truck. need to pick that And it was up. almost like, yeah, it was really awesome. So the pictures came out beautiful. I'm kind of confused though. Like. What were they expecting? They weren't expecting this to be in the adult section. Was this supposed to be like a children's book? And they just had serpent dick involved. And you he was know, like, oh, this is cool. This will work. You know, anything. That, well, it's like you said, like when you guys were talking about Tiffany Amber Thiessen, like, oh, we always have to have Leslie's and Lantre right. making oh, out yeah, to yeah. Mazzy Star. And, you know, <laughs> and then they have to. Sarah pro- McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. And then they have to process about it later. And, <laughs> you know, somebody's marriage gets ruined because they cheated <laughs> on their husband with a dyke or whatever. It's it's the same thing when you're doing these projects. They're like, well, we just, we know you guys are trying to do this, but we, you know, we need to do this a little less X-rated because we're selling to a mass market. Oh. Serpent dick doesn't work on the Serpent, mass market. It, well, the dick's there. It's just not in my mouth. Ah. <laughs> no. no it's Highly bad. disappointed. <laughs> but Don't, I do want to see the book. I do have the pictures. Really What's the name of the book again? It's called Femmes of Power. Oh. By Eureka Doll and Delagrasse. So there's two that you guys got two cock sucking stories. Yeah. Two for the price of one. <laughs> love it. I love a good value. Love Which it. I thought both were interesting. Yeah, no, I like them both. No, totally and equally were. dangerous. <laughs> I always love Melissa's stories. So much, so much detail. <laughs> hilarious. So what's this about the um, femme porn tour? The femme porn tour. Okay, Body Heat. This is the second year Body Heat's going on tour. Um, it was started by Kathleen Delaney, who's a writer out of Atlanta. And um, this porn tour is, uh, it's basically femmes who do erotica and different burlesque and different sex, you know, sex shows. Um, Very, very fun. Very hot. We're going on tour at the end of March, last two weeks of March. I think it's mostly going to be a Pacific Northwest tour. I'm not sure. But if you want to find out, you can go on MySpace, Body Heat, uh, MySpace slash Body Heat. And we're actually booking. So if if you want us to, to... to come to your town. <laughs> no pun intended. You want some body Okay, okay pun intended. <laughs> if you want us to go to your town, um, contact contact Body Heat on MySpace. Um, right now, and this is tentative. This is tentative. We're not for sure who's on the tour, but tentatively who's been invited is uh, Kathleen Delaney, Jen Cross, who does Dirty Ink and works with Carol Queen over at the Center for Sex and Culture, um, Lorelai Lee, who's a very well-known porn star. Yeah, she's on the crash um, pad. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and she's an amazing writer. And um, I just read with her at Liquake. And then myself, um, Diana Cage, who used to be the editor of Honor Backs, which was mm. the lesbian porn magazine that used to be out of here in San Francisco. Now she has a serious satellite radio show in New York City. Nice. And awesome. um, some other people. And, and in the past, Vixen Noir, a.k.a. Veronica Combs, was on the tour. Celestina Pearl, Jen Cross, Kathleen Delaney, myself. So it, it should be fun. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what about, there's, you do a couple of tours, actually, because the first time I heard your work actually was in Indianapolis on, um, as I said earlier, Sister Spit. Yeah. And you said they're going to be going on tour? They are. I will not be on that tour, but 
<coughs> Excuse me. They will they will be hitting the road again. You guys know that they've been touring since 1997. I didn't wow. actually. Wow. They they're they are the first all girl woman road show. Like they're unbelievable. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, so I don't know all the names, so I'm sorry if I forget somebody. Um, but off the top of my head, I know it's Michelle T. Christy C. Rhodes, who's an amazing graphic novelist from New York City. She made a book called Indestructible. Um, Beth Lissick, who re- recently wrote a book that's been getting a lot of good reviews. I mean, it's it's um, like like mainstream reviews. People What's the name of it? It's called Helping Me Help Myself. Mm-hmm. And it was her journey of actually for an entire year doing nothing but taking the advice of self-help books and actually mm-hmm. doing the books and then writing about her experience. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. And yeah. it's a really, really Really cool book. She also has another um, novel that's called Everyone Into the Pool. And then um, who else? Sarah Seinberg, amazing writer and artist. She was one of the main organizers of Homo Gogo, which is a major uh, festival. Yeah. I came out mm. What is Homo Gogo? I've heard of it, but I don't. Homo Gogo, um, which is also happening next year here in San Francisco. Oh, great. And lesbian podcast should definitely be there. We should. Uh, yeah, we we're should. Gonna, you we're all gonna should get be there. Lesbian podcast should be everywhere. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's you want us in your lives. I want you in, in so many places. Oh yeah, really? is what I do. Yeah, absolutely. My life and yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I'm going hag. Um, it was started in Olympia. I believe the first one was 2002. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But it was started as um, a fundraiser benefit to get um, healthcare. For all, um, for gender variant and people, and um, then for all queers, you know, and it was in Olympia, Washington. Some amazing bands have played at Homo Gogo even before they were big. The Gossip, uh, Gravy Train, uh, Team Drash, like it, it's a very like established, amazing queer arts festival. Yeah, and it's it's very indie. Um, so there's no like, I mean. It, the whole idea is that it's to support independent queer core that awesome. artists. That great. That's yeah. that's the thing. And it's here next year. It is going to be here next year. If you want details, again, you should also go to their MySpace page. Okay. And um, so Sarah was one of the the main artists. In fact, that's how I got invited to do Homo Go Go, and I performed with the Indigo Girls. Nice. Oh, which wow. was awesome. That's... I performed with the Indigo Girls, the Butchies, um. Ben McCoy, who's also on the Sister Spit tour this time around. She's, she, he is amazing. Ben McCoy is so amazing. Mm. Um, one of my favorite writers. Do they have dates for that yet? It's April, April 2009. Do they know what cities they're in? Like, is it posted on their site? It's not posted yet, and they are accepting bookings as well. Okay. Um, Who should they contact for bookings if someone wants to book them? You should go to Sister Spit Next Generation. Okay. And it, they have a MySpace page, and they also have a website. But I say go to the MySpace page because that seems to get checked every day. Right. It seems to get checked daily. Right. I think Michelle's checking it. Obviously, Michelle will be on the tour. She'll be emceeing it, hosting it. Um, but it, it's going to be a really great tour. If you've never seen Sister Spit, like, oh my God. you are just going to be so glad you went and saw Sister Spit. <laughs> like, my seriously. First, <laughs> well, actually, my first and only lesbian spoken word night was uh, the night you guys had, like, a kickoff. Yes. For the last tour. Yeah. And it was Castle. really good. It's a, it's really awesome. And the San Francisco show y'all is, is 
I think, one of the hottest. Yeah. Because what happens is this is the home of Sister Spit. Right, right, right. So we actually get, like, former spitters that it's not (laughs) just, it's not just who's on tour. It's, like, people who've gone on all the previous tours. Awesome. I mean, and they have cranked out some major writers. Like, Ali Liebegott, who recently won the Lambda Literary Award for Best Lesbian Fiction Mm. for Beautifully Worthless, has toured with them three times, uh, Tara Jepsen. I mean, just Marcy Blackman, like you name it. Like they've had so many amazing writers who, you know, Sister Spit was kind of like a great catalyst right. um, for their work and they've done amazing things. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun. Thank you. Thank you coming. so much for having me. Yeah, we want to Your have stories you. are awesome. No problem. <laughs> Anytime you need, you know, a little weekly story, I've got them. <laughs> Cock-sucking stories. In. You know, a- anything. You know, having sex with a girl in the hallway of a casino where you actually once got married. You know. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah. You're going to have to. Oh, next time. Sure. I have plenty. <laughs> <laughs> the monthly Melissa story. <laughs> It should be like a feature. We should work yeah. on that. Like yeah. Melissa, you know, I'll come in and tell you a smutty story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> smutty, smutty tour stories. <laughs> a non-tour story. You know, right. Just smutty deal. stories. Just smut. Just yeah. smut. Funny. Who doesn't love smut? <laughs> Everyone loves Funny smut. smut. Yeah. Together. Smut. Living together. Well, um, and I, I did suggest that you should name your show... Um, have your Kate need it too, which I think is a good title. You hate Katy Perry just as much as we do, don't I you? I don't like anybody who ghettoizes the queer community to make boatloads of cash off of their really horrible dance songs. Right. <laughs> like, you kissed a girl and you think you liked it and you're my experimental game. Katy Perry, you... Wow. Wow. That's all I have to say. Go suck some serpent cut. Honey, you're the daughter of some fucking preacher from Santa Barbara. You got bored in the burbs and decided... You jumped in a cake. Yeah. The poor excuse you of a love You didn't jump in a cake. You kind of fell on it. <laughs> and then you acted like you jumped in it. And then you bounced off. The cake rejected you. <laughs> Even the cake Even doesn't the cake get with Kate Perry. Wow. I don't know. And I'm sorry. If you're a Leslie out there and you're into Kate Perry... That's fine, but I just want to invite you to, like, hear the original I Kissed a Girl song. Which, if you, you know there's an original one. No, no. I didn't. I kissed a girl. Do, do, do. No, I, kissed, I kissed a girl. Her wait, lips no. were sweet. No, wait, wait. She was wait. just, like, kissing me. You never heard that song? No, it's, uh, what's her name? But but that song is also, like, in the video, the girl is actually just cheating on her husband. Well, she's coming out. She's, it's a coming out like, story. Who's the artist? I can't remember who did oh, that song. Oh, I, I forgot. So I not... think it should compare two versions. This is, this, should is do my, that. this is my this is my contextual analysis. The original "I Kissed a Girl" song is a folk song, which, as we know, it is, is as lezzy as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> folk music is, all is from the lezzy yeah. heart. Okay, <laughs> I'm you know that's not a stereotype. Yeah. We have basically branded. We own yeah. it. We own it. Okay, get out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying and Kate Perry is like I'm gonna do this dance song I kiss a girl I don't know I just don't like her don't we don't like either her. none of us do I want I want her to maybe maybe you should have her on your show and she can defend herself that would be interesting yeah, we, we get a cake for her to jump into awesome. <laughs> we, can, we can entice her here with cake or we can just throw her over and at least there was a kissing scene in the original folk song I kissed a girl video Katie Perry's, Katie Perry's never kissed a girl, a girl right. in yeah. the video 
Yeah, and it was... it's not, they don't do anything Leslie in the video except have a slumber party and hang out, which I guess is kind of Leslie, but mm, I think you should have gone all the way. It's not Someone serpent cock sucking. It's <laughs> not by any, any stretch of the imagination. It's against her Christian beliefs. It's against her Christian beliefs. It's against Santa Barbara. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And on that note, on that note <laughs> well, why, don't, why don't you go ahead? Do you have another I had, story you know, or poem? Really, it's really short. By the way, I also sew clothes, and I have a clothing line called Never Never Designs. Oh, if you go to neverneverdesigns.etsy.com, check out our designs. It's with Jacob Von Gushu, who does Project Transaction. He's a leather worker, custom screen printer, and graphic designer. Very cool. Excellent, excellent. So plug that. This is my <laughs> last piece. Both these pieces are in my forthcoming book, 51 Poems About Nothing at All that I've been working on and when's um, that due out hopefully next year okay hopefully next year just look for maybe it. we can have you back on then yeah if not sooner that'd be rad <laughs> <laughs> all right more smut stories more smut stories <laughs> so um here we go the bank Today it surprises you. So you decide you have enough money left over to treat yourself to a Coke, a pack of cigarettes, and a book by a writer you've never heard of, but upon reading the first five pages from the bargain bin on the street, you figure it's worth your time. Your steps are heavy, but purposeful. You review your recent revelations. One, the city does not own you, you own the city. Two, the city owns you. Three, you are your own city. You carry your book, your smokes, your Coke, $26.80 in your bank account, a food stamps card, and a little dog that licks your face when you look in her eyes and ask, where are my kisses? You decide something's going to change today. You're going to tell that therapist the city has given you that you want a note, a note that allows your little dog who licks your face to become your companion dog. You're going to tell her, look, lady, I want a companion dog. I'm depressed, and she's the only thing in this world that I care about more than myself. So use your fancy fucking degrees and make it happen. That therapist. You're going to tell her she is donating to charity if she does this for you. You're going to tell her you need a companion dog. So when you go to the food stamps office and that piece of shit security guard who never lets you in when he discovers your little dog who licks her faces in your purse, when you see that fucking loser, you're going to hand him the note. The important therapist note. Smile and say, eat shit. And calmly walk through the metal detector with your companion. Today. Today you will support yourself with a crutch called hope, a can of coke you haven't had for seven days, a cigarette you haven't seen in so long, people think you're quitting, and a book by a writer you've never heard of. Ooh, good nice. job. Um, that was fabulous. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Thank thanks. you for coming. Thank you great. for sharing totally your poetry. No problem. Love it. Thanks, y'all. All right, well, that's episode four, the Lesbian Podcast. And for you, those of you who have made it to the end of our show and you still want to know how to get those T-shirts, we are offering the 5733, the free T-shirts, for anyone who wants to send us a comment on MySpace or email us and tell us what you think of the um, episode of Fast Lane. You can go onto YouTube and watch the clips and what you think. Um, do you think it's good representation or bad representation? Just let us know, and uh, we're going to put your name in the list of people and um, pick one of the names and uh, maybe you'll get a free t-shirt. Was it good for you?